0: Sun-filled days, amazing food, incredible wine, and heart-stopping views. Lisbon has become a destination of choice for lots of good reasons.
1: Join us, Tori and Paul, two proud Portuguese-Americans, as we explore our favorite city and transport you to Lisbon
0: with love. Bon dia, Paul.
1: Bon dia, Tori.
0: And bon dia to our listeners. Welcome back to To Lisbon With Love, a travel podcast about the beautiful city of Lisbon. So our last episode was the first part in our two-part series of drinking in Lisbon, which is delightful. Yes, it is. (laughs) So we did a deep dive into the wine areas in Lisbon, the types of wines that you'll find on a menu. Paul did a really fantastic job, I think talking about the port wine trade and its history. And he also spoke passionately about one of his idols, the Marquis du Pombal.
1: It's because he's the best.
0: He's the best. I You know, I knew that he was great. I don't think I realized how awesome he was. I did. <laughs> but this episode, we're going to do even more drinking. Let's do it. Let's do it.
1: So in this episode, we're going to start by discussing some after-dinner drinks that are common in Lisbon. And then we'll take a look at the craft cocktail scene and talk about all the different places where you can get good cocktails. And we'll wrap up with an interview that I did with Zé Robertson of Cinco Lounge, which is one of the foremost cocktail bars in all of Portugal.
0: I love this interview. Zaz is just such a wonderful and very humble person. So it was really great to like, listen to him talk about his history or his career as a bartender and just sort of how he has seen the scene change, which was really wonderful to hear. So in our last episode, we talked a lot about wine. But one thing we didn't talk about was sangria.
1: Yeah, people might be surprised to learn that sangria is readily available in Portugal, given that It's considered to be more of a Spanish drink, but I would say in the majority of restaurants and even cafes and bars, you can find sangria.
0: And it's delicious. It is. So good. You know, also, in one of our other episodes, when we talk about food, we talked a bit about dessert in Portugal.
1: Yeah, and uh, how dessert is a very integral part of the meal and is considered a vital part of the meal, I would say. Definitely.
0: Definitely. And oftentimes with dessert, we usually get coffee and a brandy.
1: Yeah, so uh, it's, it's very common, as we've mentioned in the past, that at the end of the meal you would get coffee. But in addition to coffee, people will often drink brandy. And there are many different types of Portuguese brandy. There are the, the less expensive, more commonly available brandies, such as Macieda and Constantino and my personal favorite 1920 i
0: love 1920 it's so good
1: yeah and it's it's actually very surprisingly uh inexpensive and really i think smooth and really good and but you can also get more uh more high-end brandies such as crf or Degavalia or even some uh, spanish brandies are sometimes available as well but brandy is a uh a really good complement to an espresso
0: And sometimes you can even find it in an espresso.
1: Yeah, there's a common way to order espresso, and you can order it with a cheirinho. So it would be you would order a café or a bica con un cheirinho. And cheirinho, literally translated, means little smell. But really what it is, it's some agua de dent that's floating on top of the espresso. So good. It is.
0: Mm -hmm. You know... We also didn't talk about ginger.
1: Yeah, I mean, last episode, we, we failed to talk about ginger. We did mention it in our first episode where we took you on a trip to a ginger. But uh, ginger is also very commonly available, both in bars and cafes and also in restaurants and can sometimes be consumed as an after dinner drink as well.
0: Yeah, and if this is your first time listening to us, or if you haven't heard our first episode, a is basically a sour cherry liqueur, but it's not really sour. It's actually quite sweet. And so you can find them throughout Lisbon. There's these like little tiny shops, like walk-in closet size shops called Xinxingish. And you can go in and get yourself a little cordial on the go. That's true. So, I know one of the things that's been exciting to me in the years that we've been going to Lisbon is that there's actually been a really great and growing craft cocktail scene.
1: Yeah, that is definitely true. In the seven years or so that we've been going, we have definitely noticed an increase in both the number of cocktail bars and the quality of cocktail bars.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting to note that this is one area where you'll usually find the prices on par with American prices.
1: Yeah, I would say in general that Portugal is a pretty inexpensive place to visit, certainly relative to the United States. In general, food is going to be cheaper, transportation is going to be cheaper, entrance to museums, etc. But uh, cocktails, I would say you're going to pay similar to American prices in a lot of uh, cases, but I think it's worth it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And maybe we should talk a little bit about some of the places that we like to go to.
1: Yeah, that's a a great idea. (laughs) So one place that's definitely worth noting and would be a nice place to visit towards the beginning of any trip to Lisbon would be the Sky Bar, which is at the top of the Tivoli Hotel which is a five-star hotel that's roughly halfway up the Avenida de Libertad. And you go into the hotel, take the elevator up to the top floor, and you walk outside, and there is just an absolutely magnificent view of the entire city and the river and the surrounding area, and it's a really good place to kind of get your bearings as to where you are in the city.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the first time you took me there, I was like, why are we going into a hotel? But then we went up to the top and it was an amazing view and it just kind of leaves you breathless.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, it's definitely an upscale place. It definitely can feel a little bit even like clubby, especially as the night goes on. If you're there on a weekend, you know, they got the music going like the... Oosh, oosh, oosh. <laughs> and uh, so if that's not your scene, and I know it's not my scene... Uh, you might wanna go relatively early in the evening, but the view is definitely worth it. The The drinks are competent. They're not exactly going to be creative and you're gonna pay for the view, but uh, it's worth it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love going there and having a gin and tonic. That's like my drink of choice when I go there.
1: Yeah, we may even have a picture of that on, <laughs> on our website. The Sky Bar at the Tivoli is definitely a great place to get a gin and tonic, but the absolute best place in Lisbon to get a gin and tonic is a bar called Gin Lovers.
0: I love that place.
1: Yeah, Gin Lovers is really, really phenomenal. It's in the Principe Real neighborhood, which is a very up-and-coming, fashionable neighborhood, and it's located in a building that's called the Embaixada, which literally translated means embassy. And it's this old, sort of residential building that I believe used to be an embassy, but now they've turned it into sort of a, a shopping center of sorts, but it still feels like a residential place where each room is its own little store, and there aren't really doors, it's just like you're walking through a house, but every room you go into is like a different store, or a bar, or a restaurant. And one of the places is Gin Lovers, which as the name sounds, specializes in gin and tonics. And when they do gin and tonics, they do it right.
0: Yeah, the gin and tonics there are just gorgeous, quite frankly. I mean, they're served in these beautiful big glasses. If you love gin like I do, it's really great because they have so many different flavor profiles. Oftentimes people tell me that they hate gin because it tastes like Christmas trees. But here you'll definitely have a range to choose from that is, you know, more of that juniper style to more of a citrus style to flavors that are more savory. And they do a really great job because they garnish it with various like herbs and fruits. And it's just a really wonderful experience from beginning to end.
1: Yeah. On their menu, they have many, many different types of gin and they suggest a different tonic water for each type of gin, and as Tori says, different garnishes, and you you will be amazed at how many different flavor profiles you can get from a gin and tonic.
0: If you're looking for more of that creative craft cocktail vibe, though, you're in luck because... There are a number of places in lisbon that you can go to
1: yeah and one of the most famous places is a cocktail bar called the red frog now the red frog opened a few years ago and it's won many awards um, drinks international that does a famous list of the top 100 best cocktail bars in the world listed it in its top 100 a few years ago for example it's frankly one of the most creative cocktail bars i've ever experienced
0: would you compare it to the aviary in Chicago?
1: On some level, I would, yeah. I, I would say in terms of the the extent of the creativity of the cocktails, I would say it is on par with the aviary. You know, it, it's a more relaxed experience in the aviary, I would say, definitely more low-key. But in terms of the quality of the drinks, I would say uh, definitely on par.
0: Yeah, it's a very, very welcoming place, and it's it's small, and the people there are really... I've always been very kind and very welcoming.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, sort of a speakeasy vibe when you get there. There's no sign that says Red Frog, although there is a red frog sort of plastered on the wall of the outside of the place. And underneath the, the red frog, there's a button with a sign that says, in English, press for cocktails. And when you press the button, eventually a voice will come on and they'll... They'll open the door and bring you down into the bar. So it's it's a fun experience all the way around.
0: Definitely. One of my favorite places is a very old school art deco bar called Foxtrot. And again, it's a pretty large place. I don't know how long it's been in Lisbon, but it's been there for decades, I, would, I think.
1: I think so. It's, it certainly seems that way when you go there.
0: And it's got a very classic vibe to it, although I think the last time we were there in, in June, it felt like they were, you know, kind of being more creative and just kind of expanding their their horizons a bit more.
1: Yeah, Foxtrot is located in Princip Real also, although way down the hill from where Gin Lovers is. But uh, I think as that neighborhood has sort of become younger and more vibrant. I feel like Foxtrot has upped their cocktail game and they're starting to be a lot more creative with with their cocktail menu, which is a great thing to see
0: yeah, definitely. Last time we were there too we also noticed that there were a number of new places opening it up which again shows just um just shows how the cocktail scene is expanding there
1: yeah there there are new places opening up all the time uh one of uh my favorite of the new places was a place called monkey mash which was opened by the the people who run the red frog and it's actually very close to the red frog maybe a, a block or two away on the street that leads up to the Praça da Alegria, which is our the neighborhood where, where Tori and I usually stay. And uh, it's a really, uh, really interesting new place. Definitely more of a tropical feel. I wouldn't go so far as to call it a tiki bar, but I would say definitely like a tropical themed bar. And uh, so something I think a little different for Lisbon and uh, very welcome.
0: Definitely. Another place that we checked out that I really love is a place called Toca de Raposa, which I believe means Touch of the Fox. And if I'm not mistaken, this is actually one of the very few bars in Lisbon that's owned by a woman.
1: Yeah, it was opened by a woman who had cut her teeth in the London cocktail scene and then moved back to Lisbon to open her own bar.
0: Yeah, and the space there is really beautiful. It's very simple and stark, but really beautiful. The drinks, they draw on inspiration for from local produce. So you definitely get that kind of like flavor profile there. And it's also very near one of our favorite faldu bars, Duke de Rua.
1: Yes, you might have noticed if you've listened in the past that we mentioned that all of the music that we play on our podcast was recorded at Duke de Rua. And uh, this new cocktail bar, Toka de Raposa, is about a block away from Duke de Rua.
0: Yeah, so you can plan a whole evening out. Go get your drinks, go get some music, or vice versa. It's a fun time to be had.
1: Yep, either way you do it, it's <laughs> gonna be good.
0: So, you know, we've talked quite a bit about some of our favorite places, both old and new, um, but we really can't continue on without talking about one of the most wonderful bars in Lisbon.
1: Yeah, and Tori, of course, is referring to the venerable Cinco Lounge. Cinco Lounge was probably the first true modern craft cocktail bar in Lisbon. I believe it's been open for around 10 years now, and it is truly a treasure. Not only are their drinks amazing, they're really creative, and they're also really fun, and... In addition, not only are the drinks great, but the people who work there, from the owner down to all of the bartenders, are just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, they definitely, you know, do such a great job, one, of welcoming all of their guests there, but also making it a very interactive experience. Um, I think their drinks are interactive, but the bartenders there, you know, we're talking about Zah and Rui and Andre they all really take the time to get to know you, get to know where you're coming from, and really just engaging with you to make your experience there very unique.
1: Yeah, really from the very first time we went there, we felt like we were at home, which is always a great feeling to have when you're traveling. And people who I've brought there, who've gone there for the first time, you know, they're always made to feel at home. I brought my parents there and... Everyone in the staff treated them like royalty. My parents are not into, like, the whole craft cocktail scene, but they still had a great time. And even people who I've sent there and said, hey, you know, just just let them know that, you know, you're a friend of mine, have been treated just phenomenally and have nothing but great things to say about the whole experience.
0: Well, I think we should hear from Zah.
1: I think we should as i mentioned earlier i had the great pleasure and privilege of interviewing ze robertson the original bartender at Cinco lounge and we discussed the cocktail scene in lisbon and uh, i hope you'll uh, enjoy the interview okay it is uh it is my great pleasure to be here in one of my favorite places in lisbon Cinco lounge one of the great cocktail bars of lisbon and i have the great honor and pleasure of speaking today with uh, Ze Robertson, one of the great cocktail bartenders in Lisbon. Hello, Ze. Hi, Paul. How are you? Very good. How are you? Good. Pleased to uh, see you again. Uh, you too. After,
2: every year after six years.
1: Yes. Yes. It's always it's always good to see you. Um, so, um, first, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from? What, what brought you to, to Lisbon? I'm...
2: Well, I'm... I was born here. Okay. Uh, that's what brought me to Lisbon. Okay. Uh, my well. mum brought me to Lisbon. Oh, there you go. Um, Perfect. Yeah. I'm born and bred in Lisbon. Um, uh-huh. I'm 33 years old, mm-hmm. uh, been a bartender for <gasps> nearly 10 years now, mm-hmm. and Cinco has been uh, my first and only home uh, in this trade. So uh, what what brought you originally to Cinco? I wanted a summer job. <laughs> and um, I'm happy that summer has been lasting for 10 years. Yeah. So, so
1: when when you came here, were you already um, into different uh, cocktails, or did you
2: more learn that here? No, not at all. I knew uh, I didn't do knew anything uh, mm-hmm. about uh, uh, cocktails or bartending or nothing mm-hmm. close to that. I just came in to do a table service. I wanted mm-hmm. to go on holiday. I had finished my college, and um, back in the day, mom and dad didn't want to pay for my holiday anymore <laughs> because I finished college. So they told me to go and look for a job and yep. pay for my holiday myself. Um, and uh, I just decided to do a one-month uh, table service somewhere because <laughs> my girlfriend at the time she was doing nice money uh, doing uh, waitering uh, in, a, in a restaurant and I decided to do um, the same thing just to take my, my <laughs> few months off um, on, on, uh, on holiday and then go and do marketing which is what I graduated in <laughs> And uh, yeah, uh, suddenly I started enjoying, uh, well, I didn't go on, on holiday and I stayed for a year. I just went on holiday the, the <laughs> next year and uh, never picked up Martin again. That's great, that's great. So, and, and now um, I, f- I feel
1: like you've really established yourself as one of the, the great uh, bartenders in Lisbon. I know I've seen your recipes in a gin book over at Gin Lovers and you've been at different uh, cocktail competitions and whatnot. So what, what has that all been like?
2: It has been great. I've been very fortunate with that because, uh, um, um, first of all, coming to work in Cinco, Cinco was a a um, Mm one-of-a-kind, especially when I first started working here 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. It was a a completely different kind of bar of uh, what we had in Lisbon. Mm -hmm. And um, I've managed to pick up this uh, niche of market uh, in the very beginning. So um, uh, yeah, and with, the, with the, what I've learned here, uh, that mm-hmm. was just new and uh, so so much more advanced than what whatever uh, was around.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I well, I just I guess I was just lucky enough to 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 be one of the first. So uh, um, and Cinco was already well connected with the press. So mm-hmm. uh, people used to come here already to to to. Uh, photograph cocktails and um, back in the day they've um, actually started One, one single actually started putting me to um, uh, do the cocktails a few fo- uh, photos for uh, the magazines mm-hmm. and it's it, it got on like that the competition was something that uh, we were invited mm, uh, and once again, uh, we got in, and uh, it, it, uh, I was fortunate enough to 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 pull it off. Uh, even though there's there's a lot of hard work behind it, sure. um, you still need to to to, to be lucky. But uh, it's all thanks to to, to uh, working in a place that was the first one, and the, well, not the first cocktail bar, but the first of a new generation of cocktail mm-hmm. bars in Lisbon, and it was the the only one for. Well, 14 years, uh, up to now, for 10 years mm-hmm. at least, it was the only bar uh, right. in, in the country that was approaching uh, the, the, the customers with this sort of service and this sort of product.
1: Mm-hmm. So do you find that the, the type of people who come into Cinco, has that changed at all over the years?
2: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, we used to, to live a little, and we still do. It's mm-hmm. the, the, our bread and butter are the locals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, with the, but within the the growing of the the, the tourism in, in Lisbon, especially, mm-hmm. um, we start having a lot more people from abroad. Mm-hmm. And um, nowadays, what used to be back in the day, uh, eighty percent locals, twenty percent tourists. Nowadays, mm-hmm. it's around fifty-fifty, okay. and it's. Um, we don't. It's not seasonal anymore for us in Cinco. Uh, it's a well spread out uh, volume, uh, pretty even uh, throughout the 12 months of the year. So, because mm-hmm. uh, depending on the season you are, you have people from different parts of the world coming in, and the locals are here pretty much every uh, around uh, all year round. Mm-hmm. So um, we used to have peaks of uh, uh, months, good months and bad months. Nowadays mm-hmm. it's it's pretty steady. it's That's pretty great. steady. So changed a lot. The, luckily, business is still growing. Uh, we wish we had a bigger a bigger bar. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, t- it's all part of the the, the the people that came from abroad and what what they're what you guys have been bringing us to to, 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 to Lisbon and to the bar.
1: Yeah, we uh, one of my great memories of being here is the first time Tori and I walked in you know, you came out from behind the bar and you greeted us, obviously in Portuguese because we're of Portuguese heritage and uh, you offered us a seat, uh, you know, on the floor and we, or not on the floor, on a a bench, obviously, not on the floor, (laughs) but not at the bar. And and we said, no, we wanted to sit at the bar and you were surprised because I guess my understanding is that in general Portuguese people don't like to sit at the bar. Um, Do you find differences in the way that portuguese other differences maybe in the way the portuguese people approach going to a cocktail bar as opposed
2: to, to tourists yeah, definitely um, uh, normal normally people people that come from english speaking countries such mm-hmm. as um, uh, americans yeah. uh, canadians english uh, australians yeah. um, if you come if you don't come in a group you actually uh, if you have a place in the bar, and if you're alone, you, definitely, you guys will definitely sit at the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Portuguese crowd, I've seen some lonely Portuguese mm-hmm. in the bar, sitting in the uh, corner, mm-hmm. the, the furthest away that they can from the bar. People are still nice and polite, but mm-hmm. there's, no, um, um, there's not much that culture of uh, getting to know the person mm-hmm. behind the bar or uh, the, the, the waiter. Uh, such as you guys have, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a warming. Uh, uh, um, you are a much warmer people um, in in what matters to um, let yourselves be served than the Portuguese. It's not it's not a matter of politeness because people are all polite uh, with us here, and True. we ne- we have no complaints. Um, but the the uh, the personality of the the the, the Portuguese uh, customer uh sort of uh, uh, pu- pushes him a bit uh, mm-hmm. apart from the bar I don't know uh because during the day if you go to to have lunch people will have lunch standing up in a counter mm. in, the, in cafeterias and stuff like that around the around Lisbon right but if you're sitting to have a drink you want to sit down and enjoy a drink in the table um mm-hmm. and just ask politely for what you want and then hopefully you get a polite service and then pay and say goodbye and uh, right. Even if you have come uh, twenty times to the place, you probably won't know the name of the person behind the bar, or the, the bartender will know the, the the name of the customer. Mm-hmm. And uh, with you guys, for an instance, it was a matter of you guys coming in one once, and we got along. And yeah. ten minutes after, we we know we know our names. It's something that sometimes doesn't happen with Portuguese customers. Right. Do you enjoy interacting with the uh, customers at the bar? Of course. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 more fun. Um, have uh, I, and I can have with people I think it's a uh, uh, I believe in relationships in in, uh, in in this trade it's more than just pouring a drink or keeping a bar clean uh, uh, service becomes a, a relationship and uh, um, especially in, in small places such as a, and so close as such as we are here um, I think it's a very important part of the the, the 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 bartender uh, bartender's f- uh, functions to to relate his, himself and have fun with the people because if you're just um, even if you're having a bad day but if you don't show off if you have a smile mm. on your face and if you interact with so with the the, the customers uh, mm. uh, their night will be better um, you might be having the best day of your life but if you still don't don't smile it's just gonna be you you're gonna end up being unnoticed and mm. um, it, it's like uh, you, you, you go to a buffet and pour yourself, you, you pour yourself a, a drink or you, you get yourself your own plate. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the, the relationship for, for sure. So get along with people all, all the time. It's the most important thing for me in uh, working the bar.
1: Mm-hmm. That's that's great. Um, two more questions. Uh, do you have a favorite drink to make and uh, what's your favorite cocktail to drink?
2: Favorite cocktail to drink, the Charlie Brown. Okay. Um, because it's easy to make. <laughs> first, uh, second, because it's uh, uh, I, I like rum. It's strong, sour. It, yeah. It's an honest drink. Not very complicated. It, like like a, a rum sidecar. Uh-huh. Uh, favorite drink to make? Pop, pop a beer open. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, whatever drink uh, that will make people happy. Uh, the, I'm not picky with that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You it can get you in trouble in the middle of the service if it's something complicated. Sure. But as long as it doesn't affect the other customers, uh, as long as you're happy with it, I'm more than happy with that as well.
1: That's great. Well, uh, thank you very much, Zev, for uh, speaking with us. And um, Tori and I have enjoyed very much coming here all these years, and we will continue in the future. And uh, best of
2: luck in the future. No, thank you guys very much for, for, th- for this little bit as well. And, uh, well, I'm going to be here for a uh, and at least another 10 years. <laughs> All right. Well, that's... And I hope to see you guys for another for a, a, another 10 as well. Absolutely. All right. So thank thank you, you, Paul and Tori. Thanks.
0: That was a great interview. It was wonderful to hear Zah talk about the differences that he sees in the cocktail scene in Lisbon and elsewhere, and also how he sees the scene expanding. Yeah.
1: It's always uh, fun to talk to Zah, and I really enjoyed doing that interview.
0: Yeah. So we've got a treat for our listeners, because if they go to our website, tulasbeenwithlove.com, they'll actually get to see a video of you and Zah making a drink.
1: Yeah, so if you've ever wanted to see a total amateur behind the bar (laughs) at a great cocktail lounge, then here's your chance.
0: I thought you did a great job.
1: Well, thanks. As long as I have someone telling me exactly what to do, I'm
0: fine. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you, but all of this drinking has put me in the mood for some music
1: that sounds like a good idea
0: yes so in our next episode we are actually going to explore Fado music which is a very typical type of Portuguese music and we'll actually have an interview with the folks over at Duc de Rua which is the Fado bar that we've mentioned before in this show and the wonderful Fado bar that gives us all the great music that you hear on this podcast
1: Yeah, I think it's a really informative interview, and I think that our listeners will learn a lot about fadu music.
0: Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again, everyone. Atajá.
1: ja. Thanks for listening to To Lisbon With Love with your hosts, Paul Barracuro
0: and Tori Costa. For more information on all the places and things that we've mentioned in this episode, visit tolisbonwithlove.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, where we share photos of everything that the beautiful city of Lisbon has to offer.
1: Unless otherwise noted, all music on To Lisbon With Love was recorded live at Duque de Rua, a wonderful faldu bar featuring live music five nights a week just steps up from the Rousiu in the heart of Lisbon. Visit our friends there and let them know that we sent you.
0: Are you enjoying To Lisbon With Love? If so, please subscribe, rate us, and share with your friends. Is there something about Lisbon that you're dying to know about? Send an email to 2LisbonWithLove at gmail.com and let us know. Obrigada. Obrigada.